Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome back to Revive the Drive. I'm Pastor Art Georges, again joined by Pastors Rich Burkle and Daniel Bennett. And we are exploring topics on the Holy Spirit. And one of the great confusions within the church today has been a certain area of spiritual giftedness called the gift of tongues. Men, uh, in our churches, we teach and we believe that uh, the gift of tongues is a gift of the Spirit that has ceased. But yet that is not taught in all churches, and um, all of us probably know uh, someone who belongs to a church, who exercises that church still exercises the use of tongues. And so in this session, we want to explore this gift and help our listeners to understand why we teach what we teach with respect to the gift of tongues. In Acts chapter 2, it's one of the first areas that we see the gift of tongues uh, appear in the New Testament, and it's on the day of Pentecost, remember? And Peter uh, is uh, getting ready by the boldness of the Holy Spirit to proclaim Christ, but remember what happens. Uh, can you set that up for us, Daniel, what, what it is that happens in Acts chapter 2 that brings this gift of tongues to the forefront? Well, they're, they're, uh, we are, we, they're filled with the Holy Spirit here in, in Acts chapter uh, 2, uh, verse, verse 4. And as they're, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, now let's talk about those tongues. Were, were those uh, ecstatic expressions that were unintelligible to the audience, Rich? Uh, no, very clearly in Acts chapter 2, the tongues that are being expressed as the Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles as they're waiting for him, as they were told to wait, and they're waiting in prayer. Um, they, uh, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them, the text says. And uh, um, some uh, were, were, were uh, uh, thinking that they were drunk. On sweet wine. Right. <laughs> but, because uh, everyone knows how alcohol causes you to speak other languages. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> common. So, but but uh, one of the comments is that, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it then that each of us hears them in his own native language? And it lists a number of those language: uh, right. Parthians, Medes, uh, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, uh, residents of Judea and Cappadocia, and Pontus and Asian, uh, Phrygian and Pamphylia and Egypt, and etc. So, right. so it, it makes it takes great pains to make it very clear that the tongues that are spoken here in Acts chapter 2 that are referenced as tongues uh, are other known languages. They're not ecstatic utterances. With a a purpose in mind, to proclaim the mighty works of God. Right. Now, as as time would unravel and uh, we would have Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the first letter to the Corinthians, 
uh, we would read of an excess within the Corinthian congregation of the use of this gift, or at least the attempted use of this gift. And, and so Paul gives us some very important teaching about the gift of tongues and its use within the church. And he says in 1 Corinthians 12, um, he, he says near the end of chapter 12 in verse 29, he says, and, and he's trying to teach the Corinthians that not everybody has the same gift, and God gives gifts of the Spirit to individuals as he sees fit. And he makes a very interesting statement in verse 29. He says, all are not apostles, are they? The intended response would be no. All are not prophets, are they? No. All are not teachers, are they? No. All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? My understanding is that in the churches that practice uh, the use of the gift of tongues, my understanding, and I could be wrong, maybe not all churches that practice this are the same, but there is a sense where when you reach spiritual maturity, you will receive the gift of tongues, and it has to do with their teaching that you would be receiving another baptism of the Holy Spirit that would allow you then to exercise this gift of tongues. How does that contradict with what Paul has said right there? Well, it, obviously, he says not all have it. And I think I don't think that's as that's a. Uh, I would agree that in many of the uh, of certain types of charismatic churches, you you do see that. But I think that there are some some churches that would at least say um, we're, we're cautious on this issue, or, or we, we believe that tongues exist in in a different way than what we saw in Acts chapter two, uh, and and yet. Um, They'd acknowledge that not everyone has them, and it's not even a sign of sure. spiritual maturity. I think Wayne Grudem is an example of that, and, and John Piper. I know that both those guys are uh, men that we all would, would say we respect very highly, and, and I think they would have a a, a more biblical understanding of, of tongues than than that. Yeah, this is an important distinction because I, I, I think that the uh, the spiritual damage that is greatest is in this whole area is is wrought by those who would tie tongues to one's sanctification or, or the maturity, second blessing yeah. or the or baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So, so there, and, and that that's not just a few people. I mean, it's it's a very uh, predominant teaching, and it it creates, I believe, great spiritual harm when believers uh, hear that and. Uh, feel like second class, like they're two tiers of Christianity, and they're on the lower class. And right. then, w- and it's also harmful when they get into the next class because then they view everybody else as as lower. So that right. one is 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 sort of a low esteem of of who they are, and why aren't they uh, uh, sort of in this other upper echelon, viewing some experience as the experience that will help them to ultimately understand why their life has been so difficult as a Christian, and then that once they have it, they won't have the difficulty anymore. It'll be easy right. sailing. And on the other hand, those who have it, experiencing the pride of viewing other people as being less spiritual 